Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Good morning, everybody out in Real Presence Radio Land. This is Jack and Doreen Canelli coming to you directly and live from Rosewood on, on Broadway. And in the interest of uh, transparency and full disclosure, Rosewood on Broadway is one of the long-term care ministries of SMP Health System, and SMP Health System is my employer. I am their senior vice president of mission. And uh, with us today to lead us off with our, uh, our, our opening prayer is Deacon Jim Hunt. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, bring all the gifts and talents you have given us to the surface so that we would use them today in devoted service to your people. Purify and strengthen us for the day ahead. Help us to see Jesus in everyone we meet and to be Jesus to them. May they see Jesus in us as well as we minister to their needs. In Jesus' name, through your power and inspiration, and with our Blessed Mother's most sweet and powerful intercession, we pray. Amen. The Father, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Deacon. Okay. Uh, Aaron, do you have a preview of the show for us? I certainly do. It's going to be a great show today. We've got Deacon Jim Hunt here with us to share his inspirational joy journey of faith during Inspired Sharing Your Journey. We will also be praying for all of our great all of our great fathers, and we're going to be nominating one of our fathers. We look forward to that. We've also got Father William Slattery right in studio to be with us from 9.30 to 10 a.m. Central during Straight Talk. We've got Chris Motes coming up to talk about the Bioethics Conference in the Diocese of Sioux Falls and Rapid City. We're going to be taking our 10-minute tour of local events, and Dr. Paul Carson will talk about the history and the proof of how faith affects outcomes in medicine. All this coming up here right on Real Presence Live. Right back to you. Okay, well, thanks, Aaron. Uh, we've got a, a full program today. I think it sounds really interesting. We're mostly uh, uh, kind of uh, on the theme of health care today, and I think it's certainly a, a current topic for all of us and something that's uh, very prominent, at least uh, in the news, for, for those who are, you know, uh, listen to the secular media. And generally, they, they get it wrong when it comes to uh, uh, Catholic bioethics, uh, and they usually try to cast us in a very bad light. And hopefully uh, we can shed some, uh, some good light on uh, what the Church actually teaches in, uh, in these areas of, of bioethics. Inspired, sharing your journey. There's a beauty in caring for the elderly, a beauty that's often forgotten in our culture. One man who hasn't forgotten this beauty 
and sees what it looks like is Deacon Jim Hunt of the Diocese of Fargo. Deacon is with us this morning to share what it means for him to serve those at Rosewood on Broadway, a long-term care facility in Fargo. Welcome, Deacon. Thank you. Good to be here. It's very nice to have you here, and you're at home here. <laughs> yes, yeah, my office is just down the hall a few feet. So. Very nice. Yes, and we even have some residents here to, to, to watch the program today. That's yes. nice. Yes, it is. Um, again, thanks for being on the air this morning. Um, should we start with, um, would you share with us something about um, yourself, just sort of a brief introduction? Well, I'm... Uh, Married and have my wife and I, my wife Valerie and I have eight children, uh, 21 grandchildren, three great grandchildren, so life is full. Um, I've been working here at Rosewood now for just about 12 years, uh, ordained in uh, May 20th of, of 2006. I've been a deacon going 13 years, going on 14, and so uh, life is good. God is good. And you've responded to his grace. That's <laughs> beautiful. Well, I know in your past you were an, a long haul trucker, and it's kind of like how did a how does a, a a long a long haul trucker become a deacon? I hold a library with me in the truck everywhere I went. <laughs> okay, good. And we used to tape a lot of the classes. We would play. I'd yeah. play them over the yeah. CD player of the well, truck. Too. Well, well, go ahead and tell us about you know what it's like serving at. Uh, Rosewood on Broadway. I know not everybody thinks uh, about chaplaincy when they think about, uh, uh, you know, priests or deacons or religious people. And it's just kind of a different sort of uh, ministry, is it not? Yes, it is. Uh, you know, for me, the, the most important part of it is, is that it all begins with Christ and prayer and the time before the Blessed Sacrament and, you know, our attendance at Mass and so forth through you know he's the the dynamo the driving force be, be, for what he wants down here and so i think the most important thing is to be attuned to him and to minister his people the way he would minister to them mm -hmm. um, and so that's that's the goal that's always the starting point and with the with our staff uh, with others it's a it's not something you can just check off and say that you're done you know mm -hmm. it's something you have to be bringing to the forefront all the time and mm -hmm. to remind ourselves of, to make people aware of, and so forth. And then on we go out to serve his people, you know, who who he loves infinitely more than we can imagine, and he desires for them to come to heaven along with all of us. And so I see that as an Im important part of what I do here and what Sister Marianne does here is that, that we... Uh, we meet people where they are, and we seek to prepare them, you know, as through prayer and and through inviting and so forth to uh, to come to a place where they can meet Jesus, where He'll meet them where they are, and that at the the moment we're all going to face at the end of our lives, you know, that's for me as well a very important, the most important time for all of us is the time when we meet Jesus mm -hmm. for our particular judgment that we're. We're prepared and ready, and we have the yeah. Blessed Mother tight at our side. Right. <laughs> well, you mentioned Sister Mary Ann, and I think for purposes of our listeners, uh, we'll explain that uh, Sister Mary Ann Schmitz is one of the Sisters of Mary of the Presentation, and that is the order that uh, founded SMP Health System. That's where our acronym comes from. And not only is she a resident here at uh, Rosewood, but she's also a part-time chaplain, which is really a luxury, I think, for you and a real blessing for the yeah. residents here as well. Right. Yeah. And Deacon, before we went on the air, you shared a story with us about um, a brother deacon and his recent 
passing and the beauty and the love of God at the, you know, just as he was, uh, he was transitioning from life on earth to eternal life. Would you be willing to share a little bit about that story? It was, it's very, very inspiring. Yeah, those are, you know, those times that we're with people at the moment of death are really the, the great privileges and blessings of this, this work, you know, to be at, with, with people at the moment, you're with them at, in one moment and the next moment they're before Jesus himself. And so that's always very powerful. But um, Monsignor Skonzing in his homily yesterday at Deacon Carl Orthman's funeral related a, that he'd been with him, you know, as he was dying in the last moments of his life and they'd prayed the rosary, the sorrowful mysteries, and on the on the very last Hail Mary of the rosary, Deacon breathed his last. And so, uh, you know, rarely do you get those types of experiences, but they're certainly treasures when you do, yeah. the, to experience that. So. Right. And it makes me think of the words of the Hail Mary. We ask Mary to pray for us at two important times, right now and, and at that hour, and how yeah. beautiful that it was so clear and concrete for you. Right tight with us. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, as as a uh, chaplain here at Rosewood, which you know we are a Catholic healthcare ministry, uh, not all of your residents are Catholic, mm-hmm. and so uh, what do you you know how do you deal with that? I, you know, I deal with them, I guess, in the same way that I deal with everybody else. As you know, as we say, we. We meet and greet people where they're at. We don't have any expectations when they come to us, but you know, we we're all headed the same direction. Mm-hmm. We all need to be headed the same direction, mm-hmm. and so we do whatever we can to facilitate that. You know, the, the beautiful thing of, of people of faith, of of you know, of Christian faith, is that we have a common denominator, and it's our Lord's Prayer, and and so th- that seems to be something that we can come to no matter who it is, and. Uh, People, even if they may not be very prayerful when they come here, uh, when you ask them if they'd like to pray a little bit, uh, you know, I've been refused maybe twice in the last 12 years where mm-hmm. people didn't want to pray. But uh, even when you're gathered at the bedside of someone who's dying, the family will be gathered around and talking and whatnot, and, and they want to pray, but they they really need a catalyst, you mm-hmm. might say, to to draw them to that to, to their loved one for prayer, and so when you invite them to do it, they usually gravitate very quickly, you know, and, and are very always very comforted and and happy that that they've had the opportunity to pray at the bedside of their loved one as they're dying and so forth. Right. I I think the ethical and religious directives <clears throat> for Catholic healthcare specifically address you know our needs as Catholic. Uh, uh, ministries to you know uh, meet the spiritual needs of those who are not even Catholics as well, and uh, uh, you know I think that's really important. I think it's important for our listening audience to know that too, because I know when we uh, when uh, SMP Health System first uh, acquired the, uh, the they were banner facilities at that time, there was kind of some concern. You know what's going to happen when we become a faith-based uh, 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 nursing home and uh, I think people were pleasantly surprised at uh, at uh, you know the difference they really liked it yeah, yeah. now we, t- we talk about I, I saw you you sometimes wear a button that says pastoral care is primary care <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> what does that mean is it means that 
you know the the the, the faith the faith aspect of the care that we give here you know bringing people into relationship with God or facilitating that is the most important work that's done here mm-hmm. everything else caring for their their uh, dietary needs for their bodies you know their physical health and so forth their comfort all of those kinds of things are uh, are really uh, offshoots you might say of that most important care that God wants to give us of of giving us his love and receiving his love and so uh, and you know the our healing and in health and all of those good things we know that God created us he sustains us at every moment mm-hmm. of our existence he holds us in the palm of our hand and so so he's the one who can yeah. take care of it all so we want to make sure that we put him first right yes it's holistic care of the whole person not just treating a condition uh, and I'm just going to interrupt for a second. I just want to thank people once again for uh, tuning in to Real Presence Radio for uh, 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 Real Presence Live today. Our 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 guest is Deacon Jim Hunt, who is chaplain at Rosewood on Broadway, and I'm Jack Canelli, and my wife Doreen are your hosts for this morning, and we're glad that you're with us. So let's go back to the questions for Deacon. So, Deacon, um, you mentioned a little bit about your personal um, faith life, and I know you do things that are very concrete and specific it, here at Rosewood that um, assist in, um, those, those people that live here in their journey of faith. And you talked about those moments that were at the end of life, but what else do you do? Um, with them that are some kind of specific things? Well, we have, you know, for our Catholic residents or for for that matter, for anyone who wants to join us, we have a communion service every Monday morning. We do a chaplet of mercy, a prayer and communion service on Wednesday afternoons and a benediction and holy hours on, on Fridays and so forth. And, we, and the priests from Holy Spirit come over here and offer Mass every Thursday. So, you know, people have plenty of opportunity to come and pray. We also have a, a Protestant service here on Wednesday afternoons and another one Sunday afternoons, a Lutheran communion service once in a month, so forth. So we, we give all of our residents an opportunity to come and pray together, to gather and, and to be with the Lord. Um, you know, we know where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in their midst. And so, um, and then to go around and visit people, to to just listen to them you know that's probably the one of the most important part of my job is is just to listen to people you know you don't always have to say very much you uh, you know let them let them uh, expound and you'll you'll figure out they'll figure out often what they need before you do and um, the other thing I wanted to add that I'd you know a minute ago was that you know that it isn't only Christian people that we minister. Often we have, you know, we have a few Muslims come to us from time to time. We've had a, a Hindu woman here not too long ago and so forth. And so, you know, you, you invite them as you can, and they're not always receptive to prayer with a Christian, but, but you know, there, there's a time that they may a little bit pray with you. And, but otherwise, you know, it... Part, a big part of my job is just praying for the people that I minister mm-hmm. to, praying for the people that I work with. And and so, uh, you know, to 
to beg God to do whatever he can for these people as well. And, and we trust and know that he loves them infinitely and desires their presence with him in heaven and that God will do whatever God does. And we, uh, it's a mystery to us, but it's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So one more question, Deacon. What would you say to those listening about t- taking time to visit long care facili- long-term care facilities or assisted living facilities and spending time with the people that um, find their home in them? It's, it's a wonderful thing to do. You know, I, I struggled with it early on, you know, about going into a nursing home and, and visiting people and you... you you're kind of self-conscious about what it is, what should I say, what should I do. But but there again, you know, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a very good reason. That, you know, if we come to listen, to just be present to them, to uh, uh, to allow them to, to be who they are, um, to allow them to experience Jesus through us, to see Jesus in us by the way that we care for them and love them and, mm-hmm. and uh, greet them, you know, to... To have a ready smile for everyone that you see in the hallway, and and a greeting, and to call people by their name, you know that every one of us loves to be addressed by our name, mm-hmm. and so to remember that they have names, and and it's important to uh, greet them in that yeah. way. Well, in in my capacity, you know, <clears throat> with the SMP Health System, one of the things I hear a lot of from people is how friendly the people are in our nursing homes, and how much they really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's important. People want to be treated as a person, not necessarily as a condition or a medi- medical problem. Okay, well, coming up next, we're going to hear who you nominated for the Honor Our Fathers. And if you have a question on the Catholic faith, Father William Slattery is here from the Diocese of Fargo. And uh, he's here to hear you, uh, to take your calls during Straight Talk. And uh, the, the number to call for those, I'll give it to you ahead of time here, is 877-795-0122. So if you've got any tough questions out there you've been struggling with about the Catholic faith, Father is here to take them on. And so... Uh, this is Jack Canelli and Doreen Canelli, and we're you're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Built Upon a Rock Fest has partnered with Rugged Rosaries for another giveaway. Nine rosaries will be given away, one each week, leading up to the concert on September 14th. These rosaries are beautiful and extremely rugged. The quality is unmatched. For a chance to win, simply like Built Upon a Rock Fest posts on Facebook and Instagram. Each like gets you a chance to win. Full giveaway details can be found at builtuponarockfest.com. Good luck, and don't forget to mark your calendars for Built Upon a Rock Fest on September 14th. The Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive is coming September 18th, 19th, and 20th. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for an amazing lineup of hosts and guests that will inspire, motivate, and move you to evangelize the Catholic faith. Our goal is to raise $600,000, and we know we can do it with your faithful support. Mark your calendar and call in to Real Presence Radio, 877-795-0122. 
Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Events Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thanks for staying with us and for just tuning in if you just tuned in to Real Presence Live. Well, as the music suggests, it's time for our next Honor Our Fathers segment. We have so many great priests in our listening area who model and guide us to a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. We want to honor our spiritual fathers each week on Real Presence Live with a dozen donuts donated by a local business to share with their staff. Let us know who you would like to honor and each week on Real Presence Live we will draw a name and share stories of great spiritual fathers. And I wonder if, like, the chaplain of Shanley High School was nominated, would he get enough donuts for the whole school? (laughs) Well, we don't have to worry about that this week, do we? (laughs) This week, we would like to honor Father Barry Rusat, parochial vicar at Holy Family Church in Mitchell, South Dakota. Congratulations, Father. Uh, We'll be sending you some donuts courtesy of Dwight Richter Insurance Agency. Uh, The Dwight Richter Insurance Agency provides auto, home, renters, life, disability insurance, and more. To make an appointment, you can call 701-572-1509. A young woman named Nicole nominated Father Barry, and she says... I'm proud of him for taking his day off to help host Real Presence Live in Mitchell. I think he did a great job. Again, we'd like to congratulate Father Barry Rusat on being chosen for this week's Honor Our Fathers segment. Today's Honor Our Fathers segment is brought to you in part by Dwight Richter Insurance Agency. Dwight Richter Insurance Agency, again, provides auto, home, renters, life, disability insurance and more to make an appointment you can call 701-572-1509 and if you would like to help sponsor this segment please call brett at area code 605-670-8333 again that's brett at 605-670-8333 Three three three. If you'd like to help sponsor uh, this segment of our uh, Real Presence Live program, 
Okay. Day or need some support, log on to yourcatholicradiostation.com and click on prayer requests. From here, we invite you to send us your prayer needs so we can pray specifically for those intentions. And if you have time, scroll down on the homepage to personally pray for the needs of other members of the RPR family. Visit yourcatholicradiostation.com and click on prayer requests. You can also send intentions to us from the main screen of our app. We're blessed to be able to join you in prayer. The Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive is coming September 18th, 19th, and 20th. Tune in from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for an amazing lineup of hosts and guests that will inspire, motivate, and move you to evangelize the Catholic faith. Our goal is to raise $600,000, and we know we can do it with your faithful support. Mark your calendar and call in to Real Presence Radio, 877-795-0122. This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice. Welcome back to Real Presence Live with Jack and Doreen Canelli as your hosts this morning. And we are broadcasting to you live from Rosewood on Broadway on the north end of Fargo, Rosewood on Broadway is a long-term care ministry of SMP Health System, which is also headquartered here in Fargo. And uh, we're happy to be with you today. And uh, we, we have a couple of residents who are in our audience, and we welcome you here, and we're happy to have you here. And uh, we'd like to uh, thank Rosewood as well for uh, uh, hosting us this morning. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great place to be. We're sitting in a, uh, a lounge area with a, a beautiful uh, window out to the courtyard uh, across from the chapel, and the sun is shining brightly, and it's just a beautiful day. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, I come here once in a while, and as Deacon said in our last segment, it's a very friendly place. And uh, I know that uh, they like to make the atmosphere as home-like as they possibly can. And I know, Dreen, you've got some experiences here as well. Maybe you can say something about that. Oh, um, there are some very special people here that I love to visit. Um, One of them is with us, Stella Bartholomew. Stella uh, celebrated her 100th birthday in May, and she and I share a love for teaching. She spent her career as a teacher. So I'm going to s- look, welcome her in a special way. Um, Jack, I know recently um, Rosewood uh, redid their chapel, and it has a very beautiful name. Can you just say something about the name of the chapel here? The, the chapel is the Mystical Rose Chapel, and it's a beautiful addition that uh, I think it was dedicated, what, about three years? I'm looking at Deacon. Oh, five years. Okay, time goes wow. fast. And one of the, uh, I think one of the interesting aspects of it uh, is the uh, the stained glass windows. The stained glass windows came are over a hundred years old, and they came from a church in Oren, North Dakota, that had been shut down. And I think this is uh, also in, in um, we have one of our um, long-term care facilities is in uh, Mary Hill Manor in Enderlin. And they have their their altar, and the uh, the piece behind the altar. I forget the name, the, the technical name for it. They were from a Lutheran church that was uh, somewhere in east, southeast North Dakota, 
And that too was over a, a hundred years old. It was a church that had to shut down because of just the dwindling population. And the members of that congregation were absolutely delighted that uh, their their altar and you know those other pieces would find a home uh, at Maryvale. And uh, it, it's it's really beautiful. And uh, it you know it's uh, I think it's. I think it's a nice feature for all of our uh, uh, all of our long-term care ministries that they all have chapels, and uh, you know, and I and these are chapels that are uh, can be used by uh, all denominations, and uh, we we try to have mass at least once a week if in 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 our various ministries. And uh, we also encourage uh, local pastors to come in to, you know, provide, you know, uh, services for, you know, people of their faith or their particular denomination. So the title of the chapel here, Mystical Rose, how would, do you know anything about how they arrived at that and why Mystical Rose? Well, I think, well, what we did is we, we basically took the, uh, the litany of our Blessed Mother, and uh, we, uh, one of her titles in there is Mystical Rose. And since we're here at Rosewood on Broadway, uh, that was the title that was chosen. I can't remember if they had employees uh, pick it or if it was something that uh, we had the Sisters of the Marian presentation. Uh, we may have given them, you know, I I can't remember. And Deacon, I'm not able to read your lips across the room. He's <laughs> trying to prompt me, but it's, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> But uh, we, I, it was just a, a name that fit well with Rosewood on Broadway. It's such a beautiful name, too. It, it, is a, it is a beautiful name, and it's a beautiful chapel. And uh, our, our chapels are very uh, uh, flexible, too, because the, the actual kind of, if we call it the sanctuary area where the, 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 the altar is located, it's kind of recessed, and there are doors that can come, that can close or open, depending on how many people are there. And also, uh, the practical aspect is that when you close the doors, there's still enough room for that to be used as a adoration chapel or for a visit, and, and the, 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 the outer part can be used as an activity room, you know, if they have a big uh, activity going on for the residents. So they're, they're very practical in that way, and uh, it, it works very well. And all of our locations use that same format, and it's, it works very well. Okay, this is the segment of our program called Straight Talk, and our our guest uh, uh, priest is Father William Slattery, who is the chaplain at uh, Shanley High School, formerly a parochial vicar at Holy Cross in West Fargo. So the the school year just started, uh, what, last week, I think? Yep. Okay, so... Last Tuesday. Okay, so you're just getting your feet wet right now. Yeah, good morning, Jack and Dreen. It's great to be with you this morning, yeah, and... Uh, Stepping into a new role, and uh, right now just trying to get my bearings. Uh, but uh, it's been uh, a few weeks of kind of preparation. Always in the summer, it's really interesting to come to a school because there's still activity, even though uh, students aren't there. But it's interesting when the students arrive how the the tenor of the place changes quickly, and uh, it's been really uh, a great 
kickoff to the new year, um, beginning with uh, opening mass. And uh, we had our senior class did their retreat uh, down in Park Rapids at a, a challenge course. Uh, so a little bit of a, a way that they can build some team unity and support uh, leadership uh, as they head into this final year of their time with us at Shanley High School. What a great activity. I just want to remind um, listeners that they, this is the part of the show where you can call in, as Jack said, and the number to call um, to ask Father William Slattery a question is 877-795-0122, or you can uh, find us on Facebook, and you can post questions there as well. When you call in, the call screener will give you the option of asking your question yourself or um, you can dictate your question and father will um, have have access to that by way of the computer so 877-795-0122 is the number to call and we'd love to hear from you when i when we come to this segment of the show i'm reminded of when i was a student at saint anthony's back in the 1950s and 60s when it was a real treat when the uh the associate pastor would come in to uh, talk to our classes and uh, you know answer all of our questions and uh, we used to call it stump the priest but i think uh, it's better to have a little bit more polite title here for uh, for uh, straight talk but anyway uh, ask your questions and uh, the lines are open and we're we're waiting to hear from you and we certainly encourage you to call and uh, maybe some of you are not Catholic and you have questions about the Catholic faith. This is a good opportunity to get your question a- uh, asked and answered. You know, we hope an answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We figure this will be a good uh, uh, introduction for Father William for uh, work at the high school and the middle school because I'm sure they're going to have some tough questions and they're going to really want to try to stump the priest. Yeah, well, I, I've been... Uh, working at Shanley for the last three years uh, in the classroom, and so we have these segments, so I've been prepared a little bit, uh, (laughs) but uh, I'm uh, really happy especially to be on the show today. Um, At at, at our Catholic schools in our our local area, you know, our mission is to form the total person, and uh, inspired especially by a desire for excellence, um, and especially in that of the goal is of excellence is make them a follower of Jesus Christ, and it's important for for our kids that they have access to the beauty and gifts of the faith. And one of the blessings that we have in our diocese is that the bishop makes this initiative by sacrificing a priest, which is difficult uh, to be in the school. Uh, he's been encouraging a lot of our younger priests to get in the classroom, which uh, really affects lives. Um, it helps them especially to uh, give and teach on the priest part, but also the students to be able to see a witness of the faith. Okay, we, we have a listener, a listener question that uh, uh, from Elizabeth emailed it in. It says, I've been listening to you guys, and I do have a question for the priest. I'm a Lutheran, and there has been a lot of scrutiny regarding the Catholic Church sexually abusing children, which kind of makes me weary regarding Catholicism. I was wondering what your thoughts regarding this matter. Thank you much, so much for your time. Well, thanks, Elizabeth, for the question. And this is, yeah, an important struggle we've had in the church uh, recently. Um, it goes to kind of the heart of of trust uh, with with the faithful. And uh, you know, uh, one of our kind of leading bishops in in the area 
uh, Bishop Cousins actually had an excellent article. He's the uh, <coughs> auxiliary bishop down in St. Paul, Minneapolis. His article can be found on uh, the CNA, Catholic News Association website, and he talks about his encounter uh, with uh, helping individuals who've been sexually abused uh, to come uh, to healing, uh, to be able to uh, exp- express their their pain and suffering. And this is going to be an important part of our move forward in the church uh, is to hear the voices of victims, um, to make reparations for those voices, and to rebuild trust. Um, and uh, yeah, the abuse, especially of innocence, is something that uh, is a scandal. And uh, the only thing uh, especially we can do in these times, especially is increased prayer, uh, accountability, transparency, and these are the ways we can rebuild trust uh, with among our flock and among the uh, the secular world as well. Wonderful answer, Father, that it's so important that we pray for priests and victims and the church at large. Um, Bishop Barron recently published a book. It's been given out in some parishes, um, a letter to a suffering church. Have you had an opportunity to... Yeah, so uh, all the priests and uh, we're given an advanced copy uh, because one, this is, touches our ministry very deeply, uh, but also um, it touches our, our flock uh, very deeply. And uh, yeah, he had an excellent kind of summary of the situation, uh, focusing on uh, th- how, in a real way, the current of, of our society, we're seeing these wounds everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just the church, but it, particularly for us who are meant to reflect Jesus Christ to the world, it touches us more intimately, and we have a, a need for a call uh, as, as leaders in the church uh, to make changes in real way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, uh, to lo- move to the cross, uh, looking at the only hope for the situation is for all of us uh, in the church, especially those victims, to encounter Jesus Christ who died for our sins, who died for their situation, and rose, uh, which gives us an offering of hope. Absolutely. And there's, as Bishop Barron said at the end of the book, there's never a reason to leave the church. Yeah, and actually uh, a young priest uh, who's a good friend of mine, Father Jordan Dosh, uh, from the Diocese of Bismarck, gave a great homily uh, when we were, I was with students in Rome. And he talked about uh, this this kind of question. He said, really, there's only you know, a couple people who had a great reason to leave the church, and one of them was John the Apostle. Uh, if you think about it, at the time in which all the other apostles fled, uh, and where was he at the cross? Mm. You know, think about, you know, he says, you know, if John then went back to the apostles, what would be his thoughts? You know, where were you guys? Exactly. Right? And you look at that, of the uh, most scandalous thing in the world being uh, that Jesus, who uh, was the Messiah, was put to death. And mm. what happens through the ministry of the apostles? John writes a great Eucharistic account of, of his fidelity in, to Christ. And that's got to be our focus in this time is mm-hmm. how are we remaining faithful? And how especially have we failed? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how can we express our sorrow uh, and also make reparation, renewal, mm-hmm. uh, and restore our trust? And remembering that Christ's arms are always open to welcome us back when yep. we... Yeah, it, uh, you know, it, it, it certainly uh, uh, emphasizes, I guess, for us uh, the uh, the fact that the church, as well as being, you know, divinely instituted, is also a a human institution. You know, this is not to excuse any of the uh, 
you know, of the abuses that have taken place, but also uh, just to show that, you know, we are a human institution, just like the apostles were human. They fled. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, and that's the hard thing about it, especially, I mean, I'm 32. Yeah. Uh, I've been a priest for four years. Uh, this has been, I would say, my ev- the part of my priesthood for every moment of the sexual abuse crisis, and it is difficult to bear, but uh, at the same time, we do bear our struggles with hope, um, and that's uh, we're seeing a new kind of generation of priests coming that that are witnessing in this this way, and I, it does bring inspiration, enthusiasm, and also confidence among our our people of God. Okay, okay, we're speaking with Father Will Slattery, and if you have a question for him, the call-in number is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, and callers can be anonymous as well. Facebook is also an op- uh, uh, is also an option. Uh, if if you don't want to be uh, on the air, uh, you can do like the last caller, Elizabeth, and uh, just tell us what the question is, and uh, we will get it to Father, and uh, we'll just handle it like that. And so you can be as anonymous as you want, or you can uh, be on the air and have your five seconds uh, as a radio person. Let's repeat the number one more time. Eight seven seven. Seven nine five zero one two two. I mentioned Facebook as an option. I'm not exactly sure how to tell you to get there because I'm not on Facebook, so I don't really know how to deal with it. But <laughs> don't uh, worry, those who yeah, those, have it, they know. Those who, yes, <laughs> thank do. you, Father. Those who have it, know. That's right. <laughs> Father, Labor Day is coming up. Does the church have any wisdom for us about um, the idea of work or labor? Yeah. Uh, you know, one of our kind of leading voices in the last uh, 50 years in the church has been our, our one of our newly canonized saints, St. Saint John Paul II. And uh, he wrote a great uh, encyclical on human labor and uh, talking about the role of, of the worker, what work does offer for humanity. That uh, And kind of reflection follows upon the mystery of, of salvation history. That's uh, one of the things that is a result of the fall is the tilling of the land becomes a way through which man continues to cooperate with God uh, and how God, in a certain way, brings out goodness out of, out of evil situations. And this is, uh, you know, kind of a, it's a good, good document. It reflects upon the role, especially of, as human beings, that we have activity and we have wills that are meant to be put to action. We're not meant to be completely passive or, or static, but rather through action we actually understand more who we are and we participate in God's creative order. And this is, uh, we look by, we honor workers, we honor, especially on Labor Day, that uh, that institution of how this builds up our society, our family lives, and this is a, a foundation of, of culture, uh, of, of our nation. And so we give a day of rest and it's interesting how we do that. And in our culture, that's so fast-paced, moving. Uh, it's important to reflect upon that and how it connects with the overall reality of our faith, which is that we are called, yes, to be cooperators, but also we're called to be cooperators with the divine work. And what does God do? After, especially the works of creation, he rests. Mm-hmm. There's that importance of leisure, the importance especially of t- spending time with family, that we have the capacity to be recreated uh, which we find in our in our again bustling world, mm-hmm. how often do we fall into uh, just a lack of energy, a mm-hmm. lack especially of of among 
the many tasks we have to do, confusion of our direction, the importance of the Sabbath, uh, of the su- of our Sunday, uh, that becomes an important reality for us. And uh, that's why it's a great way of uh, that we are meant to work. We're meant to especially work gives a dignity and purpose to human life as we participate in God's created order. But at the same time, it should lead us also then to contemplation, rest with God, uh, recreation. We celebrate it by resting. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, through the magic of technology... Uh, I have been educated as to how to join us on Facebook, and all you do is search Real Presence Radio on Facebook, and you can be able to, you will be able to uh, send your question in. But we do have another question, Todd from Rapid City. Uh, oops, it, it is on the line. All right, welcome, Todd. Good morning, Father. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Wonderful, thank you. I am. Uh, as the discussion this morning in regards to elderly, as our population, me being one of them, <laughs> getting older, uh, my question is surrounding how do we, as Catholics, best pray for our elderly as they go into that transition of life, especially those that have the physical and mental struggles that go along with that. And as Catholics, how should we be caring for our elderly? Well, that's a great question, and uh, it is very poignant for our, our kind of culture and situation right now. Uh, I think uh, the the biggest thing, uh, Deacon Hunt shared a story about the recent death of one of our deacons. Uh, and with that, he talked about that, that importance of that time period of kind of suffering, the transitioning towards life on earth to eternal life and uh, how, you know, real prayer becomes an essential part of that. And I think the, the biggest thing is we have to remember that, uh, you know, our elderly, we look at them as elders. Yes, but at a real point, this transition is that people always remain vulnerable. Uh, no matter at what stage of their life, they face the same challenges and, and vulnerabilities that we all have. The question especially of purpose of life, struggles with loneliness, struggles especially of their spiritual life, of God's presence among the sufferings that they uh, really take on uh, through isolation, physical pain. And I think the biggest thing is uh, to pray for the, the coming of the Lord, in those moments, and for, in a real way, a peace. There is a, there is a way in which we in the Catholic faith and our tradition have always confronted death with a certain grace. We've always been encouraged to. Uh, that's, always, that's been through kind of a lot of our devotions uh, of prayer, the rosary. Uh, these are all ways in which we can, in these moments, throughout all of our day, capture, uh, capture the presence of God. And uh, it becomes an important part. I, uh, one of the things that we try to stress in our uh, long-term care ministries is the idea that people don't, you know, uh, come here to die, they come here to live. And yes. I, th- I, think, I think another thing where your prayers could go would be towards that, who, the person that you're praying for, uh, that they be able to live out their life as fully as they can uh, under, you know, whatever their condition might be, and also pray for those people who are caring for them, you know, that they will be able to assist this person to live out their life a- as fully as they can and to, to to be present for them when they need to have somebody present so that, uh, you know, they can care for this loved one that you're praying for uh, in, in a holistic way and uh, in a compassionate and, and loving way as well. In working at the school, uh, 
one of the things our students do is they go to one of our local nursing homes and they spend time with the patients, praying with them. Uh, often it might be playing Yahtzee or other games. And that's uh, one of the things that I think a unique struggle with our how we care for our elderly is, again, I think Jack's focus is right. How do we help them live? Um, and that's uh, you know part of our prayer is uh, not only uh, in con- contemplation, but action, that we have to be present among them. Uh, and that's one of the challenges that we face in, in our, our healthcare system, is how do we do that with you know, limited resources. I uh, can't have a priest every place, <laughs> but we try to with this, you know, sisters and deacons, but a lot of it has to, you know, kind of come down to cooperation among the laity of creating initiatives. And there's so many people that work so hard in, in these areas to bring that joy and life to, to uh, our nursing facilities. Yes. You know, um, there are various forms of prayer and one is rote prayer, you know, mm-hmm. like the Hail Mary, the Our Father. And I've heard so many stories of people who will be with their loved ones who maybe have um, Alzheimer's, but the one thing that they can often do is say those prayers with you. I think that mm-hmm. that's such a beautiful thing that you know we our memory might go, but those prayers are so deep in us. Yeah, yeah and I think that's the important part of why we have a tradition of rote prayer, mm-hmm. um, yeah, memorized prayer. Okay, for those listeners out there who have a question on their mind, but they're hesitating to call, you've only got about 10 more minutes, so get your calls in. The number is 877-795-0122, and we're visiting with Father Will Slattery, who is the uh, chaplain at uh, Shanley High School. If I could just jump in, just for Todd, something that came in my mind, he was our last caller. And, uh, you know, just a big thing, too, is pray for those who are forgotten. Oh, yes. I think among our, our nursing homes, those especially, yeah. this important thing, those are forgotten uh, because they, they struggle with a deeper uh, yeah. kind of spiritual pain. Yeah. Todd, I'm sorry. You're still on the line. Did we answer your question? No, I was enjoying listening to the responses, and I thank you very much. It was very helpful. Okay. Well, thank you for your call, and don't hesitate to call back in again. Yes. Wonderful, and God bless you all. God God bless bless you, you. too. Yes, praying for those who have no one to pray for them is a beautiful intention. Okay, who else is out there? We need to... We need to get, we don't want to work Father for the whole time that he's here. So <laughs> think up your questions and call him in, 877-795-0122. Maybe there's somebody from Shanley that's got a question for him. We that won't be talking shouldn't about... Shouldn't have their cell phones on. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They're in class right now. Yeah, yeah. they're in class right now. Okay, well, maybe there's a parent out there. Okay. Yeah, well... Uh, in the meantime, we can talk a little bit about today's readings sure. while we're listening. Well, uh, sure. That I was going to get there. That was kind of on my list of softball questions to throw at you today. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so what do you want to ask then? Well, how do you keep your lamp filled with oil? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, a very good reading from the Gospel of Matthew mm-hmm. today of the ten, ten virgins, the five wise, the five who are foolish. And, uh, you know, they, it closes, again, that invitation to be vigilant. Be vigilant. And... Uh, uh, you know, St. Augustine, who is a saint uh, that we celebrated his feast day this last week, he writes a good homily, and he actually connects uh, in an interesting way. Uh, there's a connection between the gospel and our first reading. Um, and he's talking about the five, the number five. Mm-hmm. He always likes to go back to numbers. This is part of the Father's tradition of the importance of numbers. And he says that uh, the soul right, is marked by five senses. And so in a real way, uh, the the 10, the number 10, doesn't represent necessarily 
individuals, but rather the whole church and the, in the reality that we are souls in in a journey to paradise and that the sense of the five senses being wise and the five senses being foolish and the senses especially being our passions, moved by our passions, that we have to be custodians of the soul that are marked by the senses and the use of these senses can draw us closer to God or can push us away from him. Mm-hmm. That every act, every human act is a step closer to God or a step away. And he draws again into our, our reading from uh, St. Paul. That's John, you know, so Paul is encouraging the faithful to remain in a real way vigilant that they don't fall into impurity. Right. Uh, that's especially they are called to holiness of life. That means a guarding of their senses, of their appetites, away from paganism. Right, which is a, a hedonistic filling of oneself uh, to happiness. Okay, we we have Excellent. a we have a Facebook question here, and it's from Danny. Where can I find the specific birth date of Jesus in the Bible, or is there one? Great question, Danny. If you're asking for that question of uh, a, a specific birth date, uh, we don't have one. Again, that goes back to kind of uh, the reality of how records are kept. We know the year. We know the year because it falls under the time of a census, which uh, especially in Rome, those dates are are kept in records. And uh, again, remember under the Emperor Augustus, there was a census taken. And that's the opening of the nativity story of Jesus' birth. And uh, and so we, we generally know a specific year, but a time is, is hard to come to. Now we celebrate Jesus' birth on the 25th of December. We know that, uh, be, and that's uh, again comes from the dates that we set around in the liturgical year, nine months after the Feast of the Annunciation. And uh, we look at the kind of these dates is, again, we recognize that the importance of Jesus coming to earth is worthy to celebrate because it's God becoming man. And we choose especially a date for that. But you're not going to find in the Bible that Jesus was born on the 25th of December. We do know the year, though. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference in calendar. I don't want to get into that on the radio. <laughs> but you can find some information online. Just make sure you be careful which resource you look to. Don't just Google it. Yes. So the date is really kind of for our benefit so that we can stop and, and give God thanks. And there is a unique time of that. Uh, the 25th of December is around the time in which uh, you, know, you know, the darkest time of the year in which the last part of the light grows. And so the light begins to shine more fully from that point forward, which then we celebrate with the resurrection yes. in, in the spring. Connected to that, I just learned why there are roosters on the steeples of churches in France. And it's because the rooster ushers in the light. Yes, with, you know, uh, out of the darkness. Out yeah. of the darkness, yep. you know. And that, that you know, evokes that image from uh, John's Gospel, the yeah. prologue. Yes. Okay, we have uh, another... Well, the, the question is still coming, so I guess I better not... Uh, I'll, I'll wait for it to complete, but uh, the... The number to call is 877-795-0122 for any other people with questions for Father Will Slattery. Yes, and another topic that uh, there, there was a Pew Trust uh, or a Pew survey that recently identified uh, a great percentage of Catholics who really don't believe in 
the real presence. Yeah, and uh, going back to, you know, we talked a little bit about Bar- Bishop Barron on the opening of the show, and yeah, he, he gave a kind of a good analysis of this, of, of uh, this is a gut check for us, because, uh, you know, if you look at all of our hymnal songs, uh, yeah. we look at uh, all of our teachings and homilies, and I can say, I have preached this till I'm red in the face sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there is a struggle of faith uh, among among uh, yeah, our, our faithful. Yeah, and and uh, this is one of the biggest tenets. And if you're looking at uh, one of the things we hold so deep in our Catholic tradition is the reality that Jesus Christ, who became man, offered himself for us upon the cross, but that he left us a memorial of this, a constant reminder in the Eucharist. Okay. Well, we have Grant from Shanley. And uh, oh, Grant's all is <laughs> one of our uh, substitute teachers. All right, is, is Grant? Grant is on the line. So, Grant, why don't you hey, go Father. ahead? Hello, Grant. How are you? Well, hey, I got a quick question. Good, good. Hey, I just kind of I went to a Catholic school and I just went to one of my class reunions, which was my fortieth, and I aged myself there a little bit. But I kind of went around and I asked a lot of my classmates, you know, hey, are you guys still Catholic? Or are you still going to church? And and shockingly, it was well less than 50%. And I'm, I'm just, you know, when I tell my kids, you know, hey, stay Catholic forever, but I, I would think if you're going to a Catholic school, the percentage of people that stay Catholic should be in the 90 percentile. But I, I was wondering if we could figure out, maybe have a discussion how we could, maybe 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 we're missing something at the schools or, or something maybe uh, we can do to, to make sure that these kids, once they go off to college and get married, that they stay Catholic. Yeah. Well, Grant, anyway, and, uh, I apologize because uh, you're not Grant Dahl, the substitute teacher. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but uh, thanks no, for I your question. Not. No, I'm, yeah, but, I'm, uh, a- and I'm actually got a student. I got a student at Stanley, and I've yeah. been. I've got seven kids. My youngest is at Stanley. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your question, and it gets especially the heart of why the bishop uh, places a priest there. Um, you know, we there's a there's. A good saying that uh, you know, a certain way, the longest, the longest distance is from your head to your heart, and this is one of the challenges that of uh, of kind of work in a Catholic school is uh, is helping students to realize that yes, we learn about the faith, and it's not just another subject though. That the encounter with Jesus comes as a decision for us to follow, an invitation in which we respond, and that includes not just knowledge of the faith. Knowledge of the faith is helpful, but it doesn't build a relationship and this is one of the things of our new focus is I know uh, many of your your alumni and your friends that went to and classmates they're great people but the question is have they experienced an invitation to follow Jesus and I don't know if they could say in their time in Shanley that they necessarily did and it's what we're trying to look at and this is where we're looking in our culture that a lot of this struggle comes in college and we have our Newman centers that are getting a lot of support and we see that through this time of forming disciples not just people who know things about Jesus yeah. Bishop Barron actually addressed this in his book that Doreen mentioned the, uh, to the Suffering Church. Church. And he, he kind of mentioned, uh, you know, that was in the context of the abuse and a lot of people calling falling away because of that. But uh, I think it applies here, too, is some of the catechesis that we got, you know, like what I got growing up, you know, in the late 50s and early 60s, you know, on the heels of Vatican II, you know, they were still trying to figure out the, the council. They say it takes 10 years for the ch- or 100 years, excuse me, for the church to figure it out. And, you know, I think there was some confusion going on at that time. Uh, so, uh, you know, and that's that's one source, but it's a multifaceted kind of response. I know, Grant, you're still on the line. Did we did we answer your question? 
Yep. Yep, and I, I guess the only message, Father, I if we keep going, and I tell my kids to stay Catholic forever, yeah. when the devil when the devil tempts them, hey, you know, I remember my dad said told me, or the church or the priest told me stay Catholic forever. They can try yeah. to yeah, just I think, not, not change, jump yeah. ship, you know. Yeah, I think the big thing is that from that encounter, you have something stable to have yeah. and to build off of, and the devil yep. doesn't yep. doesn't have any power over you. I, I think you, what we got to do is be Catholic ourselves and let them know that you are. Yeah. Let them know, exactly. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Grant. Okay, thanks to everyone who called in with their questions. And, uh, and thanks, Father Will Slattery. You're an awesome teacher. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 